Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel, and oh, I, I hear a lack of something. A great void. A great void. It's, it's though a chasm in the earth opened up and swallowed our compatriot, Benjamin. Yeah, I actually have a bit of a confession to make here. Uh, when we were performing the ritual that, that we do to summon Ben here, uh, every week we, we get him in. Well... I unfortunately screwed up on one of the runes, and he ended up in Nevada somewhere. Matt, you know you can't screw up the runes. I know. I usually am super, super careful, but we were just getting back from the holiday break. You're such a stickler for the runes, Matt. How could you let this happen? I This I can tell you. He is safe. He's contacted us through you know the neurotelepathy ways that he generally does. Mm. He says he's safe. He's dealing with a lot of technology or something. I was a little, I don't know, I didn't understand that part very well. But he said he'll be back to us soon, and uh, he's fine. It's I just, heard he was killing it on the slots. I heard that, too. You Wait, okay, so when you hear his communications, is it like an echo in the back of your head, or does it sound like he's talking next to you? It's more, sort of more like a... <laughs> 
kind of that. Oh, got you. Wow. It just, it sort of rips through my psyche and causes it. It just, it, it brings me to my very knees every time it happens. I usually end up with a nosebleed, <laughs> but a little bit wiser, right? Every time. It's worth and, it. And, uh, you know, no pain, no gain. In my opinion, he is uh, one of the best parts of this show, and hopefully he will be back here very, very soon. You know what he would say the best part of the show is, though? Who? You. Not you, Matt. You're okay. You, the listeners. Oh, that is very true. And it is true that we just got back from the holidays after a little break there. And, you know, anytime you were at home, even if it's just by yourself, with your family, whatever you're doing, it's a time of reflection. Mm -hmm. And we were definitely thinking a lot uh, about you. Mm -hmm. Again, not you, Noel. Sorry. You weren't thinking about me, Matt? A little. When I was playing around with my Google Home, which is one of the things I received. Yeah, Matt, I I felt like when we were talking about this uh, gift, there was part of you that was kind of nerding out about it and excited that, you know, it's almost like here's the future. I've got my very own Jarvis or or Hal. (laughs) Well, yeah. You know? Oh, I'm definitely excited, but not as excited as my son is because you can ask the thing – uh, hey Google, what do, what sound does a chicken make? And then it will play a sound file of a chicken. Delightful. Oh man! And he walks up to the thing and he just goes, he points at it and he goes moo. And then we have to spend like fifteen minutes doing animal sounds with the Google Home. Well, I thought that was funny. I think it was either for the the Home or the the Amazon equivalent. There was a commercial where it's like a father reading a bedtime story to his child and is constantly being interrupted by. The child quizzing the father about some detail about a sea creature yeah. and then the father in turn asking Google or Amazon, whatever it's called, uh, what that creature is about background. And I just felt like that was, it was a little bit of a disruption of the story. You know, I sure. felt like it was really injecting itself in a sort of a, a cloying, irritating way. But, um, so back to what you're saying. Yes, there's some nerding out qualities to a gift like this, but then there's that other part of your brain, that part that lives in constant fear and paranoia of being surveilled that I think uh, gave you a bit of a red flag there, didn't it, Matt? Oh, definitely. It's sitting in my living room, and the thing is just listening. Right now, it's just sitting there doing what it does, just listening to everything around it. And, you know, it doesn't have any interaction with you, the user, unless you use those keywords. Okay, Google, or hey, Google... And uh no matter what, though, that mic is on, unless you tell it to turn it off, and you can do that, and it will turn off, but it's just sitting there with its orange lights on then, and uh I don't know, it wears me out. And as a matter of fact, um, I, I just saw a uh, interview on Democracy Now! Um, where it discussed a case of a man being accused of murder and the police attempting to use information on his Amazon Echo um, against, like against him. Yeah, recordings. And, uh, you know, they apparently Amazon has not complied. Uh, it's probably in a very similar way to when Apple was asked to crack the phone of the San Bernardino shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, and they likely won't, um, you know, b- based on the interview. But it's an interesting precedent. And it, and it starts to get you thinking about, you know, the more of these kind of devices that we have in our lives, you know, the more cans of worms that can be opened. We've purchased Big Brother and placed them in our living space. Yeah, and it's connected to the internet. I mean, you know, we got to put a lot of trust in Amazon and Google to, you know, literally stick by their guns and do no evil. Well, Google at least. But um, as Ben would say, not being evil is not necessarily the same thing as being good. Correct. 
But yeah, so Christmas and gifts and, you know, uh, I got a, I have got myself a gift actually, uh, a, a PlayStation 4. Um, I've been jealous of everyone with their shiny new consoles for, what has it been, like almost two years now? And the reason was I, that uh, Fallout 4, I'm just such a huge fan of the Fallout games mm-hmm. and I just was really jealous of everyone's marauding and, and you know, <laughs> settlements and, you know, Building followers. Bases. And build, build, yeah, in this one you can actually build bases and... You know, I feel like we might be headed to a place where the country is going to look a whole lot like that game. Oh, jeez. So uh, I'm just kind of prepping, doing me some doomsday prepping. <laughs> some virtual prepping. In the form of uh, of gaming. But no, but why are we here today? We talk about the listeners. We talk about you, the listeners. Uh, we hope you had a really lovely Christmas, holiday, whatever you celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, break, let's call it. Because, yeah. man, we all need one. Uh, it's been a hell of a year, 2016. Am I right? You are correct, sir. A lot of lost a lot of heroes. Um and uh we, we saw some villains uh rear their heads. Villains of all shapes, sizes, and stripes. But that's why we wanted to get back to you guys. Uh we're going through all kinds of messages that have been sent to us through all different sorts of mediums. So I figured we'll just jump right into it, see where it takes us, and have a little conversation amongst ourselves uh and respond. Oh God, Ben just sent me his regards. Yes. To the listeners. Oh, I didn't get anything. I know. You look fine. He I'm, honed in on you. It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> what do we have first? First, we have a message from Stony. Interesting name, Stony. Stony says. You think he's from Estonia? Oh, one can only hope. I certainly hope so. Uh, Stony says the Mandela effect is in full effect. Or did this movie actually exist? And Stoney sent us a link. Oh, and it is referring to the alleged movie from the 1990s known as Shazam. That not Kazam, Shazam. Supposedly it featured the actor comedian Sinbad as a genie. Oh ho ho. And he sent us a relevant magazine article. And in it, it's just going through uh, all of these instances of people truly believing that there was a film called Shazam starring Sinbad where he was a genie and he granted wishes. It sounds strikingly similar to Kazam, the movie starring Shaq, which I have seen and I actually rewatched not long ago. When does we it were, hold up? Um, did it ever? I don't, I, I don't find that it does, but no. there are moments that bring me back. The member berries exist in there pretty hard. Um, according to the man himself, Simbad, he is adamant that he never made this film, that it does not exist, that it's not real. You can't find it on IMDb. You can't find it anywhere in the places you would normally check on a film like this. And, uh, that's where I believe the story is. However, there are pictures, purported pictures of this film, this VHS tape that existed that, you know, people saw who worked at Blockbuster, apparently, uh, who have fond memories of it. But again, it's a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, evidence you'll find is photoshopped pictures. He does kind of, he always had those kind of genie earrings. He always wore those big hoop earrings and. Oh, sure. And really brightly colored shirts. I really liked Sinbad's shirts. Yeah. I and, kept, and he's got that kind of mischievous kind of grin like a genie might have. Yeah. And his name's Sinbad. I mean, come on. There's got to be some kind of gin in there somewhere. Yeah. Definitely some gin juice in there. Um, but yeah. It's also one of those kind of nostalgic things where it's easy to conflate, you know, the memory of a movie like Kazam. 
and excuse me. No, I know. See, I'm doing it already. Yeah, Kazam yeah. is the one that exists with Shaq. Um, a minor film, let's say. Yeah. But you know, it's got that nostalgic quality to it. And then you, you conflate it with, with Sinbad. And he was in a, a lot of movies that were kind of like, he see, he seems like he might have been in a movie like that. Sure. He did a string of kind of like buddy comedies and like, like house guest. Remember house guest? I do remember house guest. You know, it just feels like, you know, maybe, they did like a ants versus a bug's life thing where they kind of had like parallel thinking where maybe there were two genie movies that came out in the night. I've seen it compared exactly to the, those two films, ants and a bug's life. Yeah. I think it may have something to do with how our memory functions now with the internet being this secondary portion of we it. We rely on it. Yeah. And when you, you think like a lot of our memories are bits and pieces now that essentially are search terms. That then you would put into Google and find out the actual information. But or you just say, Google, Google me this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, we're so reliant on it now. I, f- I feel like maybe that's just how our memories are being formed as search terms. It worries me, you know, and I being a, being a dad, um, my uh, eight year old is, is way into tech and, and iPads mm-hmm. and all that. And I worry that there's a part of her brain that's maybe underdeveloped but then there's also part of like maybe that is being shifted to a different part of her brain Mm -hmm. that we just don't have because we you know developed all these things later in life i wonder i don't know it's it's well yeah she ain't dumb she's doing well in school she's a smart kid but there's just part of me that like you know is this a crutch is this something that can actually cause problems for us over time i feel i feel that potential the cool thing is that our kids are much more likely to infuse with this technology in their future so that they will actually become a part of the network. The Google implant. Yeah, and maybe they'll live forever in that way. Who knows about us? Yeah, maybe. Well, I think we should go to another listener mail, uh, a shout out, if you will. Next, we're going to go to Phil. Uh, my grandfather's name was Phil. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Just, you know, throwing that out there. Um, Phil says, I used to be a Jehovah's Witness for 22 years. He's not anymore. Um, if you haven't heard their interpretation of the flood, uh, he's referring to the, the great flood, um, and the Noah story from mm-hmm. the Bible. Um, you might find this interesting, he says. So this is what they believe. Pre-flood, the earth was a constant temperature. This was because the earth had a layer of water water vapor in its atmosphere. This acted like a blanket. So the heat from the sun would be the same all around the planet. Hmm. When the flood came, it's this water vapor that rained down. Now this layer isn't in the atmosphere anymore. That is why we have extremes of temperature from the equator out to the poles. When the flood happened, the earth was flatter. Uh, after the flood, tectonic plates have moved, causing mountains to be higher and valleys deeper. This is why there would have been enough water to flood the earth. And where did the water go? The north and south poles. Ah, frozen. Before the flood, they did not exist. Uh, as far as the animals were concerned, they only took a few of each type, dog, cat, sheep, etc. The different breeds that we have now are from crossbreeding. I hope you found this interesting. I'm a big fan of the show, and I look forward to each new episode. Thank you, and thank you, Phil. That is yeah. bizarre and fascinating. Uh, I'm never one to, you know, talk down on anyone's beliefs, uh, but this, the, the combination of all this stuff it just is very, very uh, strange to me. What do you think? Well, it's fascinating in that it seems like there are scientific underpinnings to a lot of the ideas. Uh, if you did take archetypes, 
into an arc after a flood, then perhaps you could see some arc, of the good types. Yes, you could see some of the diversity uh, appear. However, you wouldn't see it globally. I don't think it would be possible to proliferate that many types of species throughout the entire planet. But, uh, you know, given enough time, anything could happen. And one thing we found over the years is that when you're looking at ancient writing timetables, they're not all kept in the same way. They're they're not all looking at the same uh, actual time, like a year, a day, uh, you know, whatever whatever nomenclature they use, it could be different. But the coolest thing to me is the water vapor being like a, a layer of water vapor rather than just the clouds that we have now within our inner atmosphere. But I guess I guess in this instance, the water would be further away from the Earth itself. So. As the sun's energy is hitting the earth, it's actually heating up that layer rather than the earth itself, or at least the majority of it. So then the earth has a uh, seemingly unified temperature. Although I don't know if the science behind that holds up, something we'd have to look into. But why the water vapor? That seems like such a specific anomaly that we don't see in that way anymore. Yeah, maybe things changed, bruh. I don't know. Or it's one of those situations where you're, you know, trying to explain what happened using, you know, or make up the evidence, I guess, make up the story to fit what you want to believe. It, it may be that, or, you know, who, who knows? Maybe the Jehovah's Witness story is true and we just don't understand it yet. Yeah. I'm looking it up, uh, actually it's, um, in the Watchtower, uh, Bible and Tract Society, which mm-hmm. is an offshoot of the, the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, church. Um, they, outline all of this stuff and they talk about a water vapor canopy. Um, and then this is like, you know, considered to be the answer. Mm-hmm. You know, so dude, all right, well, I'm going to look into it more, Phil. Thank you so much for writing in our next piece of mail comes from Benjamin. Benjamin says, just finished the Noah's Ark episode. Ben had mentioned his thought experiment about aliens visiting a world devoid of humans and examining the ruins. It immediately reminded me of the excellent book Motel of Mysteries by David McCauley. Uh, let's see. He wrote uh, the Motel of Mysteries in 1979. Oh, and he's giving an, an explanation of what the book is here. The year is 4022, and there was a mass extinction. So technology is roughly the same as it would have been in the early 1900s. In the story, an archaeologist stumbles across the ruins of an old motel in the... Oh, okay. The book is similar to an academic publication complete with highly detailed illustrations and a thir- and thoroughly inaccurate conclusions. So I'm guessing, ah, yes, here we go. There's a PDF excerpt here. Okay. So <laughs> in the book, there are illustrations of a motel room and there is a person, a skeleton on a bed. There's a TV, uh, there's sofas, lights, looks like maybe a wine bottle on the floor and everything is numbered as though it's evidence or something. And it says figure one sketch and labeling of the archeological discoveries made in the outer burial chamber. (laughs) That's really interesting. So looking at a a motel far in the future as a burial chamber where human remains were found and then explaining all of the different objects in the burial chamber quotes. Yeah, I wonder, like, is the TV maybe like with the with the position of prominence that it you know occupies in the room it might have been considered like some sort of 
shrine or you know like, <laughs> yeah. like a god like a you know a, a, to be worshipped in some way because i mean you got the guy there's like one of the images in there is a skeleton in a bed you mm-hmm. know and then the tv is just like front and center like yes. on, on a shelf like raised up as though that were like somehow some kind of like holy object oh yeah oh yeah this looks fan like fascinating i'm gonna have to read through all of that benjamin oh he also says Benjamin says, as a former archaeologist, this book was hilarious and it remains topical with its poignant political and environmental observations. That's awesome. Thank you, Benjamin. And the pages, uh, they would make really great coloring pages for oh, kids. Oh, yeah, every, totally. Every single object has like a little number on it. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's like this, this image of the skeleton in the bed is, is almost looks like a far side comic or something like that. It's, it's fantastic. It really makes you think about the technology we use today and what what it will be like to future generations. There's a bra hanging from a, the, the TV, like right under the TV, there's beer bottles everywhere. I wonder what future civilizations would think a bra could possibly have accomplished. Huh. Surely they we will have moved past that technology in, in the distant <laughs> Perhaps. future. You know, I've actually uh, been had a little bit of downtime myself. It's very unusual for me. Mm-hmm. I've got to take a, a week off and got to watch catch up on a few movies. And one that I just thought was so overflowing with interesting stuff to talk about on the show was the uh, recent Werner Herzog documentary about the Internet called Lo and Behold. Yes. Um, and I think you're most of the way through it now at this mm-hmm. point, too. Right. Uh, so, listeners, if you guys have not seen this, it is on Netflix. Check it out. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything major. It's, I mean, it's a documentary. It's hard to spoil a documentary, but, um, there were just like a handful of topics. It basically just talks about like the history of the internet, which in and of itself is fascinating, but then just like how we have come to depend on the internet. And then a lot of like really high level thinkers talk about, you know, the, um, algorithms behind the internet and like the way it's almost like an organic thing. And at some point, Werner Herzog asks the really fascinating question to all of these uh, brilliant uh, intellectuals um, who, you know, are coders and like all kinds of different folks. Um, Elon do, Musk. Hackers. Elon Musk. Yeah. Hackers. He asks, does the internet dream of itself in his amazing yeah. Werner Herzog yeah. voice? I'm not does- even going does the does, internet dream of itself? That's pretty, that's cause, yeah. Okay. It's like, more like, more like, does the internet dream of itself? Oh, that's great. That wasn't that good. Well, that's a great, that's a great question. It is a great question. And, and what? Don't tell people. Don't tell people. I'm not going to tell answer. people. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you my answer. Okay. I mean, the way the internet like begets information and, and it almost just feels like a living thing even though we you know we f- we have to feed it but it you know the idea of meme culture like the idea of memetics where the internet at large sort of generates all of these byproducts you know and then you think about a, a thing like deep dream the mm-hmm. google algorithm that allows you know you to insert photos um or you take a picture and then it finds the closest texture in all of Google images and puts that texture in place of whatever texture is already there. A lot of times it's dogs and uh, cats and there's so many pictures of animals. Yeah, you can seed it. You can seed it with a collection as well. Exactly. But like you can also make it where it just kind of like goes wild and like looks looks everywhere. But like to me, that's a good example of the Internet kind of whether the idea of it dreaming, you know, it, it implies consciousness, you know, and I don't know that the Internet is necessarily conscious. It is what we make it, I guess. But it, it as a complex system, it is one of the most 
robust and, and fascinating out there for sure. I think um, we need to do more episodes on the internet. We need to really, agreed. really dig. So that was one topic. Just does that in and of itself, we could go on uh, about for, for hours. But another one that I was not aware of was, um, this collection of Chinese cyber attacks collectively called Titan Rain yes. that have been happening since 2003. Um, and you know, the identities of the hackers are not, not publicly known. And I'm sure they've, they masked their IPs and used various, um, different techniques for doing that. But, uh, they're all targeting government. Uh, mm-hmm. facilities and trying to get U.S. secrets and, you know, all of this. And it's an interesting precursor to what we're seeing in the news right now with everyone being concerned about Russian cyber attacks. Um, and yet you don't really hear too much about the Chinese attacks. And uh, the film talks to a uh, cybersecurity expert or an analyst. I believe he works for the CIA or he worked for a private company. I think it was a private company. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he couldn't talk about hardly anything because no. it was all like super, you know, it was dangerous, very dangerous. Exactly. Um, but you get a real glimpse into that world and it's a really interesting um, kind of uh, context to put what we're experiencing now with the Trump campaign, you know, this theory that Russian hackers somehow tried to sway the election. You know, you just realize like how much power exists in, you know, information and like being able to yeah. disseminate it or choose what to do with it and, and you know, how it can change people's minds. That's a crazy situation that we're going to have to get into uh, at a later date as things unravel a bit more, just because we have these official intelligence institutions all agreeing that these attacks came from Russia. But, you know, the president elect uh, not necessarily refusing that this is true, but deflecting quite a bit about it being true, um, pushing back against it. And at the same time, we have, uh, what, Julian Assange just got interviewed by, who was it, uh, Hannity? Sean Hannity so of saying, all people? Yeah, I didn't see it, but I saw the, the highlights and he's denying, you know, wholeheartedly that, that DNC information came from any state actors. Yes, that's, know? that was the, he chose his, his words very carefully, uh, Julian Assange did. And he also stated that, you know, Again, he's reiterated that we do not reveal our sources because we protect them, but we, in this instance, because of this pressure coming from the United States government, then we're, we're going to say it was not a state actor. Fascinating stuff. Uh, it's really fascinating. And I just read an article in the Wall Street Journal, um, where it was talking about an insider in Trump's transition team, um, was saying that he is looking to more or less gut intelligence agencies like send you know staffers off to you know field positions and just more or less kind of like slim down all of these intelligence agencies and basically spy agencies and in that article lindsey graham who has been no you know uh friend of Trump, you know, throughout the election process, um, has kind of had to jump on board a little bit, but he was saying that between, uh, the way he put it was between, you know, a man on the run living in an embassy and our most respected high level intelligence officials who are sworn to protect our country, uh, I'm going to go with the, the second of the two, you know, in terms yeah. of who to believe. And just the fact that Trump is, invoking Assange's name in that way too, as though he's like a reputable individual and he's kind of been looked at as like an enemy of the state in a lot of ways because of all of the things he's leaked and putting, you know, 
people at risk, diplomats and such, you know. Well, yeah, supposedly. I don't know. I'm in a tough place with this one, not to give my opinion too much, but I, I certainly have respect for Julian Assange and the investigative and journalistic work that he does and the, all of WikiLeaks just because I got on board way back in the day with the Iraq war logs and with some of the early, early stuff. Um, I, you know, I can't throw this guy out the window, say he's an enemy, though I do completely understand how intelligence agencies view him in that way. All I'm saying is that's kind of the the company line, you know, gotcha, as, gotcha, as far gotcha. as he's concerned. And for Trump to kind of like invoke his name in a, a more of a uh, a friendly way, I, I think is interesting. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, hey, Matt, I have a, a suggestion. Yo, yo. Why don't we take a quick sponsor break and then we'll hop right back into some of these delicious listener mail treats. Let's do it. Attention, true crime enthusiasts searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, what you got? We're back with no delay. We've got one from Eshu. 
Eshu says, I'm not sure how true this is, but it is someone bewitching a cow, as you asked. Oh, okay. It's a, a video clip here of... Oh, this is Stanley's Superhumans, uh, a show that has been on for quite a while now. And it's a clip of this gentleman known as Kanzawa Sensei, who is... They're, they're calling him a beast master. Supposedly, he can move his arms and use chi manipulation that energy, that known energy in many circles, unknown in others, that flows through all living things and all living beings, uh, uses that to make alpacas and separately bison to lie down and go to sleep, at least allegedly. And there's video proof of him doing this in two separate instances. Uh, fascinating. Oh, this is in response to... uh Cattle witching from the Kago episode. Yeah, Ben's famous cattle witching <laughs> <Yes>. comment. <laughs> yeah. People, people like that one. I really did want to learn more about this. I, I wonder if this is, this can would you, be Can you set it up for me? Describe, can you describe this to me like a little bit? Like what, how, how does he go about this? What does it look like? Okay. So you're not going to be able to see this, but he uses one hand. We'll see it in our minds. Okay. Um, so he's going to face the animals rather far away. He says the energy works better when he's further away for some reason. So he outstretches one hand, let's say his left hand, and kind of holds it palm facing the animals. And then with his right hand, he's doing movements kind of like you've seen in Reiki before maybe, mm -hmm. where he's he it looks like he's manipulating energy. Like you'd see, um, I don't know, a Super Saiyan or someone using their – like gathering energy and pushing it and moving it, manipulating it. Uh, and then the alpacas just begin to get on their knees and then lay down and put their heads down. And the same with the bison. It's rather fascinating to watch. It's remarkable. Uh, I don't know if this is considered cattle witching or if this is this man truly doing something to change the way the cattle think. Do, do you think his skills are limited to alpacas and, and bison? Uh, no. According to the gentleman, at least from the clip, no. These were just two groups of animals that were available for the filming, I guess, of the show. Fascinating issue. Thanks for sending that in. I really, really appreciate that. And man, we heard from quite a few cattle witchers out there. Yes. You guys got some hidden talents. Uh, this one comes from Joshua. Uh, I am one of what you have referred to as cattle witchers. Nice. My father too has the gift and his grandfather as well. Not my paternal grandfather though. He was a jerk. <laughs> what? Uh, my, well, it's in there. Uh, so I'm pretty sure the animals could tell. Kind of hilarious that he tried to be a farmer. I'm not sure about making entire herds of cattle stampede, but I am able to gaze into the eyes of various animals and influence them in some way. Usually either making them very uncomfortable or affectionate. Huh. Interesting. The same effect uh, happens to most people when you gaze into their eyes as well. House pets just will not leave me alone, whether it be my own pets or those of others. Yeah, maybe you just have like beautiful, deep blue lagoon-like eyes that you just get lost in. I can imagine it. I'm, I'm hypnotized just, just thinking about <laughs> it. Um, so he does say that it can be frustrating as reading can be difficult with cats and dogs crawling all over you. Nice. Anyway, with bovines specifically, not all are so easily bewitched. Cows? Yeah. Yeah. Bovines. Um, I've lived in many different regions and the culture slash attitude of cattle vary. Interesting. So there's probably like the ones that live. Wait, wait, wait. The culture and attitude of the cows? Yeah. There's snooty cows. 
No, there's there's probably like real entitled cows. Whoa, all and right. Then there's cows wow. that you know are just, will take one for the team, you know, and that are all they're you know they play well with others. All right, I um, want to know more about this. None of what I just said is in the letter. That's okay. all my editorializing <laughs> here. Uh, but let's let's continue. The cattle around dairy farms are far more trusting than those around beef ranches. Well, that makes sense. Yep. Because the beef cattle <laughs> are probably used to hearing the dying screams of their compatriots and you know the the, the milk ones are at worst a little uncomfortable <laughs> um probably a, a better life uh but i've tried to get the beef cattle to make a run for it but they stubbornly maintained that they enjoyed the grain and liked it there on the farm and it wasn't worth leaving on the off chance that i was telling them the truth about the elaborate and ridiculous beef conspiracy that <laughs> like was their meat that was quote and quotes there so i'm guessing that is how they interpreted it so he's talking to the cows yeah the beef cattle who okay. are going to be beef okay it's what's for dinner uh beef cattle are very stubborn furthermore in areas <laughs> where there are fewer cows they have a proud and strong sense of independence makes sense to me and are therefore harder to talk to as they will often mock me for wearing clothes you fool <laughs> you fool human oh joshua i i I feel like you're writing a funny letter to us on purpose but if you are serious and this is all serious uh, that is amazing, and uh, thank you either way for writing that. Is there more? Oh, yeah. I've tried to explain, but they seriously just don't get it. Dairy cows are nice. They enjoy being scratched on the neck behind their ears and try to offer life advice. What? So they're sort of like the life coach of the animal <laughs> kingdom. Uh, I politely pay attention as I know they mean well. Other than bovine, trips to the zoo sound cool. The animals there don't have much to talk about. The gorillas are either very bitter or very content with their zoo situation. Wow. I just thought you'd like to hear from an actual cattle witcher. I hope you've enjoyed the insight. Definitely. We, we have, and I hope uh, you all have as well. And Joshua, thank you so much for <laughs> this uh, delightful letter. That was immensely entertaining. Uh, Matt, why don't you take this one from a former staff sergeant writing in about our drugs in the military episode? Yes, we're going to redact the name here. This person says, I'm a recently separated infantry staff sergeant with 10 years of service and two year-long deployments to Afghanistan. Your military and drugs episode piqued my interest because throughout my time in the military, I saw many abuses of certain substances. I started college last summer, and in one of my classes, I wrote a research paper on the abuse of energy drinks by Army troops. Uh, and he sent it to us here in a, an attachment. We have that. Um, he says, because I was writing the paper, it drew me deeper and deeper, and I found it really fascinating. Oh, talking about the episode. Thanks for making a great conspiracy podcast. They are few and far between. Very nice, sir. Thank you. Yeah, have a good new year. So uh, just to jump in this paper a little bit, he's specifically talking about energy drinks uh, being supplemented to keep soldiers up and awake and alert during times that they have to be on duty for any one reason or another. And he's saying that this perhaps we'll find out later after more research is contributing to instances of uh, uh, sleep deprivation, which can then possibly lead to a worsening of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, that's really interesting as seeing energy drinks as a root cause, perhaps, or at least a contributing cause to post-traumatic stress. You're a bit of a, of a caffeine guy. Right? I'm a fiend. 
You you used to drink the energy drinks, but I don't, I don't oh, see dude. you with them anymore. I do not purchase energy energy drinks anymore. Right. If I absolutely like can stay away from them. If I'm on a long drive, like let's say I'm driving to go see the in laws or something sure. that's like twelve hours away, Whew. I will I'll down several. Man, they tweak me out so bad. Yeah. Like it's not pleasant at all. Like I just I can't imagine, you know, just throwing those back uh for any kind of functional purpose. But you know, I guess if you're trying to stay awake for extended periods of time or heighten your, you know, acuity in a battle situation, I guess yes, it that, could be that's one of the things he discusses in this paper of whenever there was what is it? Uh, you had to be a rifleman or you're, you know, a guardsman at the time, a guards person. You would supplement with one of these just to make it happen. Even if it was just an hour at a time where you had to be on guard and then an hour off and then an hour back on it, you would just take it to get you that edge. That fighting edge is what they call it. Um, and specifically they are rip it, R I P I T energy drinks. I had not heard of these. You said that you see them at like, the dollar store. Yeah, you can find them now all over the place. I've seen them at gas stations. I've seen them at the dollar store. And uh, what uh, what this former staff sergeant was saying is that they were distributed out to the troops. You could get them. Uh, I don't know if they call it mess hall anymore, but uh, you could get them wherever food was supplied uh, to these troops. And people would just take several of them on their way, and they'd pack up as many as they could. Uh, and actually adding. Uh, again, it doesn't seem like that significant of a weight, but the like 10 ounces or so that a Ripid energy drink weighs, you add it to your 100 pound pack that you have to carry for miles and miles in the desert. Uh, it, it really adds up, but these, these guys would just do it anyway because the supplement helped that much. Fascinating. Thank you so much for sending that paper in, uh, former staff, staff sergeant, as we were calling you. Um, that was really great and illuminating. Speaking of people writing in about our drugs in the military episode, we have another one from a former naval officer. Yeah, this one comes from uh, name redacted. Um, Hi, conspiracy comrades. How do you like that name? Like it. It goes well with our Russian hacker talk. Uh, I'm responding to your request for military drugging. That's an interesting way to put it. Uh, this may not fit because it's mostly about what's really in the stuff everyone gets day one. Ever since that one girl submitted a voice memo, I've wanted to do that because I speak much better than I write. Hope you enjoy the message. Ah, he sent a voice memo to us. Very cool. Well, here is Name Redacted's voice memo. Hey, good afternoon, or whenever you get this, uh, Ben, Matt, and Noel. You had asked to see if there was any stories that you had about being drugged in the military. Back in 2009, I was an officer candidate school candidate in the Navy OCS class up in uh, Newport, Rhode Island. I don't have any confirmed effects on any of the drugs that they gave us when we got there. Um, one of the things that they do for all of the candidates and any, anybody that's in any sort of boot camp is you, you get a pretty large battery of uh, immunizations. I mean, you, you figure hepatitis, AIDS, you know, anything that they, that they deem necessary for that situation is given to you. And, you know, you're in a situation where you're, 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 you're working really hard to get through this program and you're kind of out of it, your days. They didn't do it until about the third, you know, the second or third week, which I thought was kind of weird because why would they do that? And, you know, there was a moment where I was sitting there and I, I, you know, I, I had my, my sleeve was up and I was just thinking, 
You know, I, I'm signing a piece of paper that this thing says hepatitis, but it, I don't know what they're putting in my arm. You know, it's just a syringe with, you know, clear fluid that they're putting in me, and that's it. And, you know, th there was a couple times when I did get some symptoms because, you know, uh, all immunizations are a live virus. I just thought that was kind of crazy, and I, I can't attribute it to this 100%. This is nowhere near scientific, but I will say this is after four years of college where I was very, very confident in my, in my abilities, in my, in, my, in my intellect to do well, um, and ever since then, including the time that I was there, there was a lot of self-doubt um, that I had about myself, but I, it was almost like there was a switch. There was a weird part of me that, it wasn't that it died, but definitely was a lot more, I was a lot more conscious of authority and a lot more uh, aware that people were closely looking at my performance of things, and it, I've almost felt like a sort of paranoia after that fact. So I, it may have nothing to do with it, but I, I was always kind of weirded out by the fact that there was, no, there was no bottle that I saw. I just was given drugs in a high-stress environment. That I, and if I had said no, they would have sent me home. And that it's just a weird situation to put people in. I love the podcast. I've, I've been listening to um, How Stuff Works podcasts for about uh, six years, but I only started listening to you guys. I've actually ripped through all of your audio podcasts in the last month because um, I got a crazy long commute, and I've been really enjoying them. I hope you can either glean information from this or, you know, if you'd like to play clips of it from the show, that'd be awesome. Anyway, thanks for the hard work, and uh, thanks a lot. Oh, man, it's hard to express how appreciative we are that someone would take the time to send in one of these, like not let alone record it or no, let alone listen to our show and then want to respond enough to stop their car and record a voice memo and send it to us. That's, that's super cool. Oh, come on, Matt. We're great. Oh, I know. Well, we're, look, I think we're, we're pretty darn good. You're so self-deprecating. But, uh, well, I'm, I appreciate it to no end, uh, that people want to add their two cents in and, and really contribute to the show. It's, it's wonderful. So there is something very creepy about getting a, a huge round of vaccinations because you're going out to a foreign country, um, which you have to do anytime you visit a foreign country or you should, at least you get vaccinations for whatever local things exist in that area. But, you know, giving these huge rounds for maybe four months in a row where you have to get a vaccination and it's on for something like smallpox or some remote uh, disease that you've never heard of. And just you have to trust that that's what it is and that's what you're getting. And, you know, that's one of those things. Anytime you get a substance directly into your veins, I get a little worried. I get a little freaked out. And um, especially if you have to do it, like if you're in a room, you're at boot camp or something or you're at officer training camp uh, and you're just told, look, if you don't take these vaccinations, then goodbye. You have to do it. Yeah. I mean, even like as a parent, like, you know, obviously I, I have my child vaccinated, but they want to do so many of them all at once. That's that, that element freaks me out, you know, where they just want to like do 10 or 12 of them, like all in one go. And we had them spread out a little bit more just that we, you know, had the option of doing that. Mm -hmm. It seemed like the right choice. Um, because like you said, I mean, these are powerful substances that yeah. are being shot into your body or into the body of a, of a three year old or four year old, yeah, you know, I mean, it's intense, but yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective on that. Yes. And 
here is the great thing, uh, former naval officer. We actually had a former combat medic write into us, and he has a little bit of an explanation for some of this, or at least he has he knows what it's like to administer vaccinations. So let's read this one uh, from Brock. I am a former combat medic and Operation Iraqi Freedom veteran with over 300 combat missions under my belt. Um, and I found your episode on military drug use very interesting. Very glad that you did. Uh, these days, I am your normal run-of-the-mill civilian with a day job. But my experience with 3rd Infantry Division involved a great deal of drugs, medications, both recreational and medicinal, and vaccinations. I hate writing long emails. However, I'd love to chat with you guys on the topic. And then, what? Well, and then there's a phone number here. Well, do you want to give him a ring? I do. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello. Oh, hi. Uh, Brock? 
Oh, uh, yeah, that's me, man. Hey, well, so you left us your number. This is Matt and Noel, by the way. Yep, this is me, Noel. Ben, uh, Ben couldn't make it. He's transmogrified on the top of some mountain in Nevada right now and playing the slots, apparently. But he is here in spirit. That like a great time. Doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, Ben, Ben, yeah, he gets around. It's um, a whole thing where I, it's my fault. I screwed up the, the ritual that we usually summon him in and whatever. Incantation, schmencantation. Anyway. Did you, but, did you do the salt circle? I did. I thought I had it correct, man. It, there was one one rune. One he's, a, he's a stickler for the runes. Um, but, you know, we're really glad we caught you because we got quite a bunch of email about our drugs in the military episode. And you wrote in saying that you had had some experience as a medic uh, in Iraq. And we just kind of wanted to hear a little bit about, you know, your perspective on this. One thing that we kept seeing was um, these, like, energy drinks being a huge thing. I just wanted to see what your perspective was on that to start off with. Oh, rip it. Yes, that's sweet, that's sweet exactly. Rippets. There there was a, there was a time when I had a problem with rippets. Oh, <laughs> um, that's that's a joke. I'm, 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 <laughs> I don't know if it's possible to have a problem with energy drinks. Maybe it is. Uh, but yeah, uh, we used to get flats of rippets. Um, and it's kind of like this real cheap, um, nasty knockoff energy drink. Um, that for some reason they even took the effort to make a sugar free version of. I never understood that. <laughs> But um, they just come in by the caseload. Uh, um, I was deployed um, from 2007, uh, late uh, late 2007, on into uh, early 2009, and uh, they just rivets were everywhere. It was kind of your go-to. You're working so many hours, and you're constantly vigilant, so your brain gets tired and your body's exhausted. And it's like, hey, let's give these guys energy drinks. It seems safer than a lot of the other drugs that were administered to soldiers back in the day, like World War II, uh, or going back even further. Yeah, they certainly weren't pumping us full of meth. Yeah. But that being said, uh, wasn't there, like, I mean, what was your experience with, you know, um, more black market drug use and, like, you know, underground stuff? Like, I know Adderall was a big thing, and I don't imagine that it was necessarily sanctioned by your superiors, but I know that stuff gets around. What was what was that like? That uh, overseas, um, as far as illegal um, and black market stuff, well, you're not allowed to drink um, on deployment. Uh, of course, you know, you can't smoke marijuana at all in the U.S. Army. Um and you can't do any sort of prescription drug that you do not have a prescription for. Uh, the things that I saw, um, and I was a, I was a combat medic with an infantry platoon, so I was really only around, you know, 40 to 50 dudes, um, very consistently. Um, I saw a lot of guys, you have to use an Adderall. And typically that would, that would be one of those things they'd write home to a buddy, Hey man, can you give me some Adderall? I'm, I'm exhausted over here, you know, and they would take that almost as like a, uh, Almost like just pounding a rip it. Um, if they're really tired, you know, if you're running, you know, three missions a day, it just it just wears you down. Um, I didn't really see those problems uh, with uh, uppers like Adderall or uh, any form of, I guess, speed, whatever you want to call it, um, stateside. I did see uh, some like uh, a pretty good amount of cocaine use um, and, of course, a lot of alcohol. And a little bit of marijuana here and there um, were the kind of the flavors of the day. Overseas, we used to just make hooch, you know. You just get some really nasty fruit juice from the chow hall and then get a hold of some, you know, wine yeast off of the Internet and then toss it in a water bottle and bury it for three weeks. And oh, jeez. You want to talk about a headache, though. Uh, I can imagine. 
Yeah. The, the thing that really fascinates me about all this is the idea of like, you know, supplementing yourself with these, with these drugs and having to keep your mind alert, you know, much more than is humanly possible on your own. I mean, isn't there like a burnout factor there? Like if you're doing this and taking these drugs, don't you eventually kind of hit a wall? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it, it's a pretty serious wall. But luckily, I mean, luckily enough, like uh, at least our mission uh, schedule and our mission pace, um, we were about every, I'd say every 72 hours, we got a good 12 hours where you were just left alone. Wow. Um, so, and then, and, and even then, if you're, even if you're pulling QRF duty, um, you're, you got, you got time to relax. Which what is, is, what you know, is, unless you get called up. What is QRF duty? Oh, I'm sorry. That's a quick reactionary force. That was basically, uh, uh, they set aside a platoon or maybe two platoons, uh, a company if it's you know a really really large uh, area of operations. Um, but what it is is they'll just basically put these guys aside and keep them 100% ready to roll. Like you're just you're just ready to go. You don't need a mission brief. You just need a destination. Get there as fast as possible. All the trucks in line. You know everything ready to go in case uh, either there, there's contact, whether it's an IED. And who uh, the unit that got hit needs support or uh, if, you know, someone takes contact and they need, you know, they need backup and you call in QRF. And that's what QRF is. It's just quick reactionary force. Gotcha. But most of the time you're on QRF, you're either playing Axis and Allies or taking a nap. Gotcha. <laughs> One last thing, man. I know you got to go, Brock. We don't want to keep you for too long. But we had another listener write in about vaccinations that he got while he was in officer training school. And mm-hmm. he, you know, we, we thought that since you were a former combat medic, I know it's completely different branches of the military, but just give a little insight about what it was like administering these vaccinations to other troops. Oh. And, and how people react, like what are the people's concerns and things like that? Um, well, people have the obvious concerns. Um, the thing about being uh, a soldier is you don't really have the option to say no unless you're being told to do something that is indirect uh contradiction to the law um but with vaccinations it's kind of a thing it's like sorry this came down you got to take it fortunately for me um and i know a lot of people do this it's kind of uh, i wouldn't say a tradition in medcom but i would definitely say it it goes goes down a lot um but i was very very wary and concerned about uh just putting any sort of random uh drug into my body, not knowing what it was, not hearing about the clinical trials, not learning how the drug works. I mean, and I, so I would just, I would just fabricate it in my uh, medical records because I had access to my medical records. I had access to my platoon's medical records and uh, through a software called MedPro is kind of the U S army. That's basically how they track everyone's medical records. And if you don't want to take an immunization and you have access to it, it's just as easy to go in there and say, yeah, I took it and you never took it. Um, the ones that, that my Joe's really, really worried about, uh, were things like the anthrax, uh, vaccination and oddly enough, smallpox really bother guys. Uh, but I think that's just kind of the smallpox vaccination. The way it works is a little bit gruesome. You know, you get a little pussy scab and it oozes and it's real gross. Mm. So I think there was, there was that concern for them, but most of the time it was like, wait, what are you giving me? Why do I have to get this? Like, didn't you just give me this shot? Um, that kind of thing, but they don't have the option to say no. I mean, it's it's a lawful order. You got to do it. Yeah, that seems to be the biggest issue. Like, you're getting this. 
too bad. And if you don't have access to those medical records, then <laughs> you better make friends or yeah. <laughs> there was no, there was some of those, some of those vaccinations, there was no way I was letting them put it in my body. No way. Well, man, first of all, thank you so much for your service and, you know, <laughs> being out there and taking care of those folks. And it's a fantastic thing. Really glad to be able to talk to you. And B, thank you so much for talking with us and giving us a little inside scoop and some of this stuff. Yeah, of course, guys. Um, really love the podcast. Keep up the good work. I think I'm just excited about talking to you guys as I am as being called Brock McGillicuddy, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty solid alias. So let's switch gears and look at a couple more of these. Uh, we're going to James, who says, I was wondering why you don't do more shows during the week. Is it only Fridays? Uh, let's address that really fast. We are only doing one show a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, For the foreseeable future, but, you know, it is our desire to up that. It's just a matter of resources. And, you know, we all wear a lot of hats here in our office. Uh, you know, fedoras, top <laughs> hats. I've got one of those stovepipe, uh, you know, Fagan from mm-hmm. Oliver hats that I wear and got the fingerless gloves to go along with it. But, I have um, an emperor's new hat. You mm-hmm. cannot see it. Got a Kaiser hat with, with a spike on it. But yeah, I mean, if we can get some other people to maybe wear some of those hats for us so we don't have to wear them all at the same time it's a very unwieldy we could maybe start uh, doing two a week well you know would you guys be into that yeah if you're interested we certainly are so please let us know uh you can find us on twitter and facebook and blah 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 we'll get to that later but you know you can also write us an email uh let's get back to james he says i wanted to ask if you've heard of the alleged alien stuff in iraq there's a big conspiracy about Perhaps that's why America went there in the first place. I don't know if you've already done a show on this or not. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Well, James, I got to tell you, buddy, I did not know there was alien stuff in Iraq. And I'm going to look that up and uh, I will get back to you. It looks a lot like Area 51 in Iraq. And being that somewhat desert-like? Yeah, that's really the only thing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, think about the cradle of civilization where humanity got its start. Perhaps there was early influence with extraterrestrial species. Ancient aliens? Maybe. There's that whole history channel show. I mean, come on. There's also a show on Vice where Action Bronson, the rapper, uh, uh, former, yes. former chef, where him and his buddies just smoke a bunch of weed in front of a green screen and watch ancient aliens. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like ancient aliens commentary mm-hmm. with a rapper slash chef. Yeah, Melissa Etheridge is on one and uh, she was, yeah, getting – getting a little tipsy my gosh it's a brave new world it sounds like they should combine that with snoop dogg's show that he has where he just watches internet clips well you know he's got a new show with martha stewart did you know that no he doesn't he does they're buddies they it's like a like a kind of a uh, diy craft show meets they have guests and they do crafts together. And, oh. Like I said, brave new world, okay. buddy. We're living in the the future, the I... Amer- American dream. Um, no, but speaking of aliens, uh, an article popped up this morning on the Huffington Post. The article's called "Groundbreaking UFO Video Just Released by Chilean Navy," um, and it's a pretty in depth article mm-hmm. uh, with an accompanying video clip showing uh, infrared photography of what appears to be these kind of two conjoined spheres that are yeah. kind of joined by uh like almost like a tube in the middle and it's definitely 
moving and they it's look above like, the clouds. Yeah. And at some point, I think it even ejects some material. Yeah, it ejects at two two points materials from the back that are hot, at least compared to the aircraft itself, because it's like you said, it's infrared. Uh, it's an infrared camera that's looking at this, so all the hot stuff is black or darker, and then as it gets warmer, or excuse me, as it gets colder, it gets lighter uh, as you're watching this video clip, if you want to watch it. Um, it's fascinating. It looks like the afterburners of, let's, I don't know, an F-14, F-15 maybe, these large hot uh, spheres, if you mm. will, that are going, like you're looking at the backside of a military plane. But it doesn't seem to be what it is because according to the Chilean Navy, nobody could see it on radar. Even the helicopter that was filming the whole thing couldn't see whatever aircraft this was on radar. Uh, they couldn't make contact with the thing. It appeared to be uh, – had maneuvering abilities. So it wasn't just fl- going in a straight line or anything. And again, it, like you said, it ejected twice some material. Yeah, when you look at it on the on the infrared, um, it, it gets – dark it's like darker the farther back it gets which i think isn't that weird i would think yeah. it would be hotter the closer as it's the closer to the aircraft especially if it's in from engine like some kind of engine yeah some sort of heat source or something yeah. like that but it's interesting because like as it goes a pretty decent distance mm-hmm. it the, the color lightens um in the direction of the aircraft so it's actually hotter the farther away it is which i, I thought was a little strange yeah and it's obviously not a heavy substance or a substance that it's aerosolized, right? Because totally. it just floats no, in the just, air. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. fall like if you're ejecting wastewater or something, it would just fall. Maybe it's a chemtrail. Uh, perhaps that's exactly what it is. Uh, just for a little more context, this happened in November of 2014, November 11th, 2014, when it was actually filmed. And there were experts looking at this for quite a while, over two years, and they finally made it public. Fascinating. Uh, one last thing, this does come from a Huffington Post article. Uh, and as we know, when we learn from our fake news, you gotta be really careful when you're reading anything that's, uh, based on, uh, what is it, user created mm-hmm. kind of thing where you can submit anything like medium.com. Just, you just really have to be careful. Make sure you check the sources. And this article does a pretty good job of looking at several different sources. Although I'm not seeing any official links to the Chilean story. At least I'm not seeing it immediately as I'm scrolling through the article. Don't want to talk bad about it before I get there. Yeah, I don't see any uh, hyperlinks out to the Chilean government's response. I see quotes. Well, let's keep let's keep an eye on it. Um, okay. wait, no, 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 wait, no, I see some links. Hold on. Oh, uh, no, never mind. Let's just a, just a link to their actual official yeah, website, exactly. That's but what not, not to, a, to a statement or anything like that. Um, There's a link to the actual webcam. Or the well, camera that was used. I think it's interesting to follow. Um, it just came up today. And y'all out there, if you uh, get a chance, check it out and let us know what you think. And uh, let's keep an eye on it. Could, Absolutely. Could, could be, did I ever tell you about the, the UFO that I saw? No. Yeah, I think I maybe did. I was I was on touring with a band uh, years ago. And we were driving through um, the Midwest. And we were in Illinois. Uh, I just remember being surrounded by cornfields. That is a thing. There's okay, this sounds familiar. Everywhere. And I saw this. I had... Sounds like total BS when I say this, but I had it on video, um, but I, I lost the tape. I had a bunch of – it was back in the day of little DV tapes and I, I yeah. lost a bunch of them. But anyway, it looked kind of like a kite, but the way it was moving and the, the you know altitude of it 
could not have possibly been. And when I say it looked like a kite, I guess I just mean it was sort of pyramid shaped almost. Um, and it just, it had a very other unearthly kind of movement to it. Like the physics of it was very strange and didn't feel like it was getting pushed around by the air. No, no. And I, and it was a very, very odd thing to have seen. Wow. And, uh, I, I really wish I, I had that tape still. I wish I experienced that with you. Dang. Why didn't we meet earlier? Uh, There's still time. time. There's more <laughs> UFOs to be seen. Oh, excellent, excellent. That is good to know. Our next message comes from Sean. Sean says, I'm currently working my way through your backlog. I don't think I've come across anything about Dr. Sebi, the self-appointed expert on herbology, medicine, and uh, I guess also a dietitian, who claimed to have found the cure for AIDS. Wow. Cancer and an assortment of other illnesses. It says he, quote, mysteriously, unquote, died while in Honduras from pneumonia when he was 82. Well, he was 82 and he got pneumonia. Not throwing salt on that, but, uh, you know, okay. And his followers believe it was an assassination because his findings would bring down Big Pharma. There's also claims that Magic Johnson uses Dr. Sebi's methods and has cured himself. Oh, all right. Huh, I thought this would be a great subject for you guys if you haven't touched on it yet. That's fascinating, Sean. I don't know anything about Dr. Sebi, but I guarantee you I am looking that up right now. Noel, do you have anything on Dr. Sebi? I don't know about no Dr. Sebi. All right. Well, it's happening uh, right after we finish this episode, sir. Speaking of which, I think we have a couple left that we want to get to before we scoot on out of here into the impending snow Mageddon, uh, mm-hmm. that Atlanta where we are is, uh, is about to experience. I'm kind of looking forward to it, Matt. How about I'm you? I'm already feeling like it's happening around us. I was looking at radar earlier and watching the cloud coverage come through, uh, and the rain, the mix. It was turning purple, mm-hmm. a bluish purple on the radar from weather.com, and that that always freaks me out. I'm looking forward to a couple days hold up with my fallout. Uh, God <laughs> yeah. forbid we lose power. I will be enraged. Oh, you can get a battery backup or maybe a generator or something. Yeah, I have a battery backup, but those don't last very long. Get a generator, dude. Just get, that, get some that. diesel. I'm a, all, I need, all I need is a generator, <laughs> some milk, and some bread. That's right. And, and some then, eggs? Uh, no? No, yeah. Okay. Eggs are good. I've okay. got eggs. I've already got eggs. Oh, okay. You're good to go then. Let's knock these out. Whiskey. Oh, I got whiskey, buddy. Oh, okay. Oh, I got whiskey. <laughs> all right. Whiskey for days. Um, so we've got one here from Jimmy K. He would very much like it if we could dedicate an episode to Valiant Thor. Um, I, I saw that and thought it was some sort of, uh, uh, offshoot of the superhero comic Thor. Uh, not the case no. at all. He finds him intriguing, as do I. Uh, but there's not much info out there on him. See what you can do, boys. Work your magic for me, your biggest fan from Australia. Um, you know a little bit about this Valiant Thor. Thor fellow, don't you, Matt? We've spoken about him on this show before, mentioned here or there. There's this guy who wrote a book named Dr. Frank E. Stranges. The book is titled Stranger at the Pentagon, and that appears to be where most of the stories about Valiant Thor come from. And it's this guy who perhaps was an extraterrestrial who was hanging out with the upper echelons of the United States government, either helping them out with technology uh, helping them out in other ways, like an insider, essentially, from some extraterrestrial race, perhaps. 
fascinating story. If you want to learn about it immediately, head on over to the website of Those Conspiracy Guys. They make a show about conspiracies, obviously, and they're fantastic and hilarious. And they've got a little write-up on it that you can check out if you want to get some more sources and then just dig deep into this thing. And then perhaps in the future, we will also cover it. Valiantly. Yes. So we got one here from Helen. Hey, guys, I just wanted to say you're awesome. Whoa. Uh, uh, Helen, you're awesome for saying we're awesome. Uh, I have never been much into conspiracy, but I have enjoyed learning from you all. I respect very deeply that you start with the facts and then about your own opinions. Um, and the sign of a great intellectual is that he can, he or she can present facts and opinions as separate. I have been so inspired by your work and look forward to every episode. Jeez. I live in Athens. Whoa. Athens, Georgia? Or Athens, Greece? I don't know. I live in Athens. I don't know if you travel up that way much. Oh, I, I'm just gotta be yeah. in Athens, Georgia. Yeah, it's, I, I used to live there as well. I had a home of, uh, Go Dogs. That's dogs. right. Yeah, yeah, UGA. Um, I hope. You guys have a free place to stay anytime you want to come Whoa. crash. And then she hit us with her Twitter handle. I have been wanting to request a shout out forever since you first started them. Yes, I've been listening forever. That's awesome. But wanted to have a show idea to include. And she has two for us. One, okay. Hollow Moon, Spaceship. I just heard this theory on the History Channel. Do you know about have the Hollow Moon? Have you heard of this? No, yeah. no, no, no. The idea that the moon... Uh, didn't get there in the ways that we've projected throughout the years, all the various models of how the moon formed mm. uh, with collisions with different planets. Various, various cheeses. But in fact, no, no, no. yeah, various cheeses collided. But in fact, it is a spaceship or some some type of made object that is, in fact, hollow. And it was put there on purpose to create the tide, the tidal flow, put there on purpose to uh, and exactly where it is, like its location, so mm-hmm. that the eclipses match up perfectly and all this stuff. Um, it was there to make the Earth livable as a planet. Fascinating ideas where I'm not sure about the validity. I'm, well, I'm, I'm let's say I'm not certain about the validity of them. But what, what can you I'm be skeptical. sure about? What can <laughs> um, you be sure about in this world? But it's fascinating and we should look into this. Number two idea from Helen, GMOs. Uh, great one. They're, Genetically modified yeah, organisms. Organisms, yeah. There have been all sorts of experiments proving they are terrible for you. Why are they still around? What's the deal? I have a book on the subject, Altered Genes, Twisted Truths. I'd love for you all to have it. I'd drop it by the studio if you say you wanted it. Oh, that's very kind. Yeah. Well, you can certainly um, shoot it to us in the mail or just you know make us some photocopies. We yeah. Keep your book. Either way, yeah, we'll take it. We, we, it sounds like a great topic. Yeah, and, we uh, have the name resources. now. Yeah, we have the title. We can mm-hmm. look into it as well. And also, maybe we'll see you in Athens every once in a while. We head up that way. We should do a hangout. Maybe, maybe we got some other folks in Athens. Let's go to the Georgia Theater. Yeah, let's rent the thing out. Georgia Theater's cool. It's you know been renovated in the last handful of years. It's pretty gorgeous now. It's got it burned and yeah, uh, I haven't been they, there since they it took a lot of the reclaimed wood and made the new bars and you know a lot of the uh, uh, accoutrement as the Winnebago man would say. That's um, cool. And it's a very very cool place. Great sound system. Great place to see a show. Highly recommended. Um, I think we got one left, man. Yeah, one it's time for one more. And then we gotta we, uh, before we venture out into the snowy. Armageddon that lays before us. Yeah, we have to escape, dude. I have to go north on the highway. Oh, boy. You poor devil. All right, let's find out what happens. Last one comes from Eric. 
Eric says, several years ago, there was a Pentagon official found dumped in a landfill. I remember this. I remember this. Uh, John P. Wheeler III was his name. Actually, his body was spotted as it was dumped. This happened in Delaware. I remember seeing it on the news uh, as my wife and I were eating lunch. Let's see. Uh, the story died off pretty quickly, but I recall there being video evidence of him in a parking garage. It was a security camera, and this was the last evidence of this person ever being seen. The parking attendant at the booth remembered that the man was talking about someone being after him. He had one shoe on uh, and one in his hand, and he was speaking frantically. The next day, or maybe two days later, there were a lot of black birds that began falling from the sky here in Arkansas. The following day after that, there were also very a very large amount of drum fish which washed up dead. Now, from what I've read... This official had caught wind of an experiment that was to take place with releasing chemical agents over the center of the U.S., hence Arkansas and Missouri. The experiment was so alarming that this official was threatening to go public with knowledge about it, and maybe this is why he was killed. I would love to see what evidence you guys can come up with in regards to this story. Perhaps it goes hand-in-hand with the chemtrails episode. Ooh, Eric, you've piqued my interest. I remember very well the story of John P. Wheeler, and I actually put it down in this uh, set of bookmarked links that I've collected over the years where something happens, and then as the, you know, the week of stories unfolds, you just put it away and you don't even remember that this thing happened. Um, But it's been a while since I've even looked at it, and I don't know what else has come from it. John P. Wheeler III, I believe, is this guy's name. I tell you what, Eric, I'm going to look into this personally. Noel, you're going to help me out? Me. Okay. Well, Ben, Ben's got my back as soon, as soon as he, uh, rematerializes back in the studio. We're going to look into Mr. Wheeler. And in the meantime, I am going to make a supercut of every time you say the word fascinating in this episode. Oh God. Did I say it a thousand times? <laughs> Can we Ooh, cut it? A bunch? No, I'm kidding. We had a lot of fascinating stories. Uh, I, I overuse words all we the time. All, we, we all do. We all have our, our crutch words. I know. It's it's hey, it's the new year. I don't want to say interesting because I get I've I've been. Well, fascinating before. is an escalation of interesting. You know, like fascinating is like the next level. It's okay. So just replace in your minds all the times I said fascinating, or at least let's say one third, if not two thirds of the time, with other words that are better that are in your head. Maybe we can use our new dynamic ad insertion system to every time you say the word fascinating, it plays an ad. <laughs> I hope not. Please don't do that. I won't. By the way, we hope you're enjoying your targeted ads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is, y'all. It, it's hey, I think it's it's kind of cool I, in some the, ways. The technology is actually really, really interesting. Um, but you know, we got to pay the bills. That's and, right. Uh, luckily, uh, we we do have a handful of good sponsors, including our buddies at Illumination Global Unlimited, who hopefully are going to get in on the game again real soon. Yeah. Um, you know, the, you're not going to have to always hear you know furniture store ads. So a huge thanks to Stony, Phil, Benjamin, Eshu, Joshua, let's see, the former staff sergeant, the former naval officer, Brock. Big thanks to Brock. Redacted. <laughs> yes. We got James, Sean, Jimmy K, Helen, Eric. Huge, huge thank you to all of you and anyone else who has written in. If We're terribly sorry if we didn't get to your message in this round, but we will get there as soon as possible. Uh, thank you so much. Now. If any of you out there listening want to add your your thoughts to the conversation that we've been having here and that we have every week on this show, all you have to do is find us on Facebook or Twitter. 
where we're conspiracy stuff. Find us on Instagram, Conspiracy Stuff Show. We're working on getting Instagram famous like those cats. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is what is what are those cats? There's just Instagram famous cats. Oh, okay, all right, cool. Yeah, just like those cats. Mm-hmm. That we're well on our way to do that. Uh, if you don't want to do any of that stuff, you can be like uh, your fellow listeners. You can send us your telephone number, which is a new thing. <laughs> no, actually, phones have been around for uh, quite some time. Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, but sending the telephone <laughs> number in a mail to us is definitely new. You can make a, a voice recording, like one of the other folks this week uh, or you can just send us a message you know with a suggestion with comments with criticisms whatever you got if you want to just talk uh, send them to us all of our best suggestions come from you or comments any of that kind of are stuff are you channeling Ben I'm trying, he... to, I'm trying to channel Ben right now I'm feeling it how come it doesn't mess you up the way it does me well, you can see it in my eyes I don't know if you can tell around my eyes yeah. that's where it really focuses uh, okay yeah. I just you know it it wrecks me every time, man. It's, I have to I die a little inside. Well, that's just the price that we pay to have that type of power around us. That's true. So hit us up at that email box that we were just beating around the bush at. It is conspiracy at howstuffworks.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T E R M I N I X.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.